Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I am Christine Heath, and I'm coming to you from the Big Island in Hawaii, and I'm here with my best buddy, Judy Sedgman, and I'm coming to you from Florida. So obviously, we're both warm weather girls, and uh, we're going to be talking to you today about thought, but not so much like what we think about. We're going to be talking more about what we call the principle of thought or the way that thought is manifest in our life and, and looking at that as a principle rather than looking at the content of thought. Next week, we will appease you and talk more about the content of thought. <laughs> Can I say a brief word or two on behalf of principles? You know, when we talk about a principle of thought, we're really talking about the power. You know, a principle is, is not a thing. A principle is, a, is a, the description of the power of something. So uh, the principle of thought is, is a understanding of the very the essence of that power, the energy that runs through us that allows us to think. So what we'll be talking about this week is to think, what it means to think, to be the thinker. Yeah, it's um, very interesting because we're not really aware of that frequently. Like that's kind of when you get a shift and you start to see that you're creating your experience, that's what happens is you start to see that you're thinking and that your thinking has something to do with your life. Like most people have no clue really that they're, what they're, you know, focusing on thought, what they create in thought has anything to do with their outside world. You know, they don't make that connection between um, really the way that we create things. So when we talk about the principle, we're not talking about like in traditional psychology, like cognitive therapy or cognitive behavioral, although we're definitely looking at, you know, it's kind of like psychology's got the idea, like, okay, it has something to do with thought, what people are thinking about, I can see that. Okay, but because we don't really have a principle of, and that to me means like there's an understanding that we can all get about how we create our reality. And there are three principles that are at place, in place to do that, mind, thought, and consciousness. So today we're kind of focusing on thought, but the three of them can't be separated, um, and so we're we're going to be talking about this in a in a little bit different way. Yeah, you know the 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 power to think is uh, was was invisible to me until I got involved in the principles understanding, and the reason is is it's what we do, it's how we create our life. So. It's like, you know, you couldn't really ask a fish to describe to you what water was. You know, they're just in the, they wouldn't, they would go water. I mean, what's that? I, you know, 
So we, we're, we are thinking all the time. And I always kind of, I never ask myself, where do these thoughts come from? Why am I thinking this? Why, you know, what is, what is this? How come I changed my mind? Those questions never occurred to me. And it was like I sort of believed in the thought fairy. And I often talk to people that way. It's like we, we honestly think that so, somehow thoughts get dropped into our minds by some force unknown to us, and uh, we have nothing to do with it. And as a result of that, I was for years living as what I would call a prisoner of my own thoughts. You know, when I had a good day and I was, my mind was full of, you know, positive, constructive, useful, happy thoughts, I would just call it luck. And if I had a bad day, I would just call it bad luck. You know? <laughs> and I never, I never, it never dawned on me ever that thought was a, was a power that I owned, that was my birthright, that was part of my life, and that I was making stuff up. And then, you know, because I've become conscious of it, it would look real to me. And that was the most amazing moment that I can remember. I, I, I can remember the very moment that it dawned on me, finally, what was going on. Because I had always kind of blamed the outside world for the things I was thinking. Well, of course, I'm angry because that jerk yelled at me. You know, of course I'm upset. You know, this didn't go right. I meant for this to happen and some other thing happened. Well, of course I'm sad. You know, there was a tragedy. And it would never it would never enter my mind that those things weren't making me think the way I was thinking. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, wait a minute. If, if these principles that I'm learning about are, are true, if this is how the world works, I'm responsible for me. The, other, the outside world isn't causing me to be anything. It's me. I'm making it up. I'm making it up moment to moment to moment. And it's not like there is no outside world. It's not like accidents don't happen and people don't experience tragedies. But what we make of it is internal. It comes from us. It comes through us and from us. It doesn't come at us. And when you stop thinking that life is coming at you and you're, you got nothing to do with it, you either have good luck or bad luck. That's a really tough way to live, you know, because you never know what's going to hit you. And when we start to realize I'm the thinker, I'm creating my experience of this experience. You know, we, we have a life, we have real things happening, but my experience of those real things is brought to me via the power to think. And that power is a gift that I'm born with. And everybody has exactly the same power and we're all doing it. You know, to me, it's like what that helped me to see that it was a principle was that it worked the same way in everybody. So especially as a therapist, this was great news because I didn't have to like know everybody's history. I mean, you think about the information you have in your head about other people. If you've seen thousands of people in your career that's a lot of information to be storing up in your head. And it, it's seeing that if it works the same way in everybody, you can help anybody, right? Because you know what to do. It's just like if you go to a cardiologist, you don't say like, um, do you work with uh, old white women? You know, 
So I, I have an old white woman's heart. And do you work with that or do you only work with uh, African-American men or, um, uh, oh, gosh. Um, Young Japanese people. Young <laughs> Japanese people, you know, it's like, or like that we, cause we know how the heart works and the heart works the same in every single human being. Like some hearts are work better than others. You know, like I got a little high blood pressure. It's not, that's not as good as it could be, but some people have an enlarged heart. Some people have an arrhythmia. Some people have, but because we know how the heart works, we can um, ensure that it's all, um, uh, we can talk to people, sorry, I'm, I, I can't get my words out today, but we can talk to people in a way that helps them and we can also understand that all it is is thought in them, right? To me, that's like so hopeful, but needing to know everything that everybody did or thought or said or had done to them in their life in order to help them is very complicated. But understanding how thought works in the moment, understanding that that's a principle that, that happens in me and in every one of the people that I work with and that we're not different in that way. So understanding how the principle of thought works in you automatically helps you to understand other people better. It makes it almost ridiculously simple. Yeah. It also makes it kind of funny. You know I mean? I think people, I, I've discovered this at least with my work that people can start to laugh at themselves, you know, when they realize, Oh my God, look at this stuff that I've been analyzing and worrying about and making up and taking to heart and trying to deal with. And it really was thought is, is, is ephemeral. It has no form except the form we give it in the moment, the, what we visualize in the moment. And it's not like we, you know, we accumulate, we have this big graveyard or a big, you know, compost pile of thoughts that we got to figure out what to do with. You know, we just, we don't have to do anything. If, if we stop thinking about it, it goes away. <laughs> that, was, that was such a shock to me, too. I realized I would get all worked up, you know, like if I had a problem that I couldn't solve, and I had a lot of them because I was in business, and and they were real problems. I had to do something about them. There wasn't like there was I was wasting my time trying to solve the world's problems. I was working for clients. But I would, if I couldn't solve it, I would keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and and I still couldn't solve it. And I suddenly realized, you know what? If you stop thinking about it and wait for fresh thought, wait for a new thought from a calm state of mind, you're not going around in circles anymore. So it's like that's an amazing thing to stop going around in circles. And it's like it's, it's simple wisdom when you think about it because I remember, you know, my dad used to tell me just sleep on it. Don't try to can't solve it tonight just go to bed sleep on it and I would say oh yeah sure it's easy for you to say <laughs> but you know when that happens um you you can take it off the table for a little while and then the next thing you know all of a sudden a new thought comes to mind and though that's the other power that we have the power to have fresh thought from another, from the deeper source of wisdom, which we can talk about in another time at greater depth. But, you know, just the idea that if you can't solve a problem, thinking about it more and more and more, harder, harder, faster, faster, doesn't help. It just produces a lot more useless information. And um, fresh thought is the power 
That's the power we have to just leave things alone and a new thought will come to mind. It's really, isn't it? It's kind of like when you start to see how thought works and you also start to see how feelings work. So when we get frustrated or we get into a lot of really negativity in, in terms of the feeling, we know that the thinking that we're doing in this state of mind might not be that good, right? And so when you, because you understand that your thought is creating that negative feeling. So if that's not the direction you want to go, if that doesn't seem like the outcome you're looking for, that's your way of alerting yourself to insecure thinking in place. Do not continue with this line of thought. And that's all it is. It's just a little built. In, I mean, it's incredible, yeah. really, that this yeah. is built this way. Because otherwise, you don't know. Your thought looks mm-hmm. real to you. Which is why people think they're right all the time. Yes. You know, including like, us. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I remember my husband telling me, he said, you think you know everything. And I said to him, I said, well, honey, I know so much. It's really hard to tell what I don't know. <laughs> no, it's really funny. And one says it's true because we do know everything. We know everything that we know, but we don't know. <laughs> there is no objective reality. We're all living in our own thought created world. It's like we're walking around in little thought balloons and each of us has our own and our own way of seeing things. And honestly, what Chris said earlier, I think is really important to focus on. That That's so meaningful to people to realize that other people, when they're talking to you, they're talking from their thinking. They're not talking from, you know, about you. They're talking about their thinking about you. And in, in a, if you can start to realize that people, you can't take it seriously. You can't see it as some kind of judgment or some kind of meaningful thing. It's just the way they think. And it makes it so much easier to leave things alone or to, you know, it doesn't mean you can't avoid people that say things that you don't like, but you don't have to carry a lot of weight around it. It's just, you know, okay, they, they think a way that I can't relate to, so I'm not going to spend time with them, but that's okay. They can have their thoughts, and it's it's a it's a I don't know. I to me understanding the power of thought was like the most important thing that ever happened to me in my entire life because it turned me around completely. I was a person that always lived at the mercy of other people's thinking or the world or events or troubles, and then I became a person who just. Uh, thought my way through life the best I could, you know, and if I couldn't come up with an answer today, well, maybe I'll have it later or maybe I'll have it tomorrow. I wasn't worried about it. And I stopped taking other people's, you know, I stopped becoming a big advice junkie. I used to be a really horrible advice junkie because, you know, I basically was insecure, I guess, but I, I was running a a business and I had a lot of people's well-being and my control and I was always calling lawyers, accountants, you know, other people, experts in the field, you know, looking things up, reading journals, because I felt like I have to stay on top of it, stay informed, keep, you know, I, and then I suddenly realized, you know, it doesn't help me to have all this information. It doesn't mean you don't need information. And it doesn't mean that I never sought information again. It just didn't help me to do it because I thought other people's thought was more important than mine. I came to the realization that when I needed to know something, I would know how to find it. I mean, that was a, that was an amazing thing to realize 
that you know when you when you really need it, you don't have to keep checking in and looking all the time. You just when you need to know something and you're quiet and you just allow your regular your the power of thought to be at work within you, you'll get the thought, why don't you call so and so? And that would happen. And I remember I called my lawyer one time, and he's a really good friend too, and I called my lawyer one time with this question and he said, That's a great question. I've never thought about it. And I thought, well, I haven't either. So what are we going to do? He said, well, I, unlike you, I know how to find the answer. <laughs> he said, I'm a lawyer. Just because I haven't thought of the question doesn't mean I don't know where the answer is going to be. He said, I'll call you back in an hour. But it was really funny because <laughs> it, it was sort of a, an admission that we don't have all the answers, but they're there somewhere. And our wisdom will tell us where to get it if we're quiet enough and allow the power of thought to just flow through us. Yeah, I think that that's uh, really the amazing thing about thought is that it's not you, right? It's like it's 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 a net, it's like a phenomena of the energy of life, isn't it? That we think, and everybody like you, if you talk to anybody from a, a a person walking down the street to your family, everybody knows they think, right? Everybody knows that, but it's how how much they see whether their thinking is um, coming from them that makes sense, right? If it seems like people will say to me, of course, I know it's thought, but I think this because he did da-da-da-da-da. That's why I think this. And, and so it's just seeing that it's really your experience of life is coming from you. Other people can do crappy things. You know, like people say, well, you're saying that being raped is just a thought. Well, of course, it's not a thought, but what you do with that 10 minutes or an hour, whatever it is, that's what, and the research shows that really, that um, it's what people make of trauma that they end up suffering from more than anything. And, and yet, what do we do in treatment? We take people back into the trauma. That's, the, that's again, where the research actually doesn't have anything to do with the treatment. And um, yeah, so it, it's like understanding that it's a principle that we all think and that your experience is coming from you via thought and consciousness making it real. Knowing that that's how it works in everybody makes you a lot more confident and you're a lot less affected by your own reaction to things because you know it's coming from you. It's like there's no monster in the big lagoon out there creating this experience in you or, or living inside of you kind of popping out and making you crazy. You just know that for whatever reason, your mind's maybe malfunctioning a little bit because you were, you know, really insecure and worried about something and now you're having a panic attack. Yeah. But it, it's just, it just happening moment to moment. And when you keep it like that and keep it simple, you can find your, your balance again. When we get caught up in the content of our th- thinking and, and we get so in, in the details and trying to, like to me, I'm all, when I'm doing that, I'm trying to get my balance. I'm trying to get settled to be, you know, in my body, in the space, in this moment and be okay by thinking about it. And you cannot think your way into what mental well-being. You just, you just have to know that that's inside of you. That's the great illusion, right? That 
thought makes it appear as if the world is creating our distress or our good feeling. You know, it's funny, in as much as we can't think our way into mental well-being, we actually think our way out of it. And that's how we, you know, if we never, if we never fooled around with thought, you know, like I know plenty of people in the world that I've come across here and there or read about or known about who have never heard of the three principles or Sydney Banks or anything that we do, but they live in the now at peace. Because that's the natural way we come into the world. Babies live in the now at peace. You know, and then we learn to think and then we learn to take our thinking to heart and then we learn to use it against ourselves without meaning to instead of uh, just allowing the power of thought to guide us through life and allowing ourselves to trust that our, you know, we're, we're all tapped in to something that's bigger than we are. And, you know, it, it, if we leave the flow alone, the flow will take care of us. And yes, we have to learn things. We go to school, we need to add and subtract and do all these things in the world. But that's not the same thing as getting all caught up and trying to problem solve and go over things instead of just waiting and being quiet and allowing thinking, allowing thinking to happen and trusting the power. So today we talked about thought with a big T, if you will, the, the uh, principle of thought and next week, we're going to be talking about the content of thought and a little bit more about thinking and, and how to not manage that or try to. Right. Right. Okay. See you next week. See you next week. Aloha, everyone. Bye-bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 